exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinku and I will be your host for the next hour as usual. And we have a special treat for all of our listeners. Listeners today, we have a guest in the building, Johnny P. Yep, great to be back. Great to have you back, man. Uh, I know you were on the IR for a while. Uh, I got lost in my way here about a month ago. <laughs> well, no, listen, it's great to have you back. Uh, this is uh, going to be a great show. We have a ton to talk about on today's show. Uh, first off, I want to say I hope all of our listeners uh, had a very good uh, Christmas. I uh, hope that everyone had a good time with their families. And uh, back to the real world. It's Monday. So right. let's kick the show. Taking those gifts back. and Yep, taking all those crappy course. gifts back. Back. And uh, yeah, well, now we just got to get prepared for New Year's Eve, right? That's right. And th- it's on a Friday, which is just great. That's fantastic, definitely. Definitely. So, but let's kick the show off. We have so much to get to today on today's show. And uh, we are going to definitely start off, as like I said last week, with the Spartans' bowl game. The Spartans will be playing the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide this uh, this Saturday. Okay, it's going to be at 1 o'clock out in Orlando, Florida, the Capital One Bowl. And it's looking to be a really good game, at least in my opinion. Now, right now, Vegas doesn't seem to think so. Think so. Uh, Michigan State, they're 10-point dogs. Okay. But right now, I think it's going to be a good game. A lot of storylines in play here, and a lot to look at. I mean, if you think about it, D'Antonio, he was under Nick Saban yeah. while he was at MSU. Okay, he was under him. Yeah, you know, there's. I think there's a lot of people out here in you know East Lansing that don't have the best opinion of Nick Saban after leaving state. You know, but that was good ten. 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a long time ago. I think we can all forgive Nick Saban. I know he resigned, but Nick Saban and Coach D'Antonio are good friends. Um, they're good friends. You know, Nick Saban called, you know, his former assistant to wish him a speedy recovery after his heart attack. Um, you know, they're good friends. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing is they know each other's systems, too. Yeah, exactly. When you work together and you, you've been working together that long, kind of figure out how each other work, yeah, do so stuff. But uh, here's a nice little quote from Coach D'Antonio who says, quote, Coach Saban really has been probably my biggest mentor as a coach. When I had the opportunity to come here, I probably sit here now as a head football coach because of him bringing me here. I am very, very appreciative of that and all the time I spent five years with him. They are good friends. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, D'Antonio is a loyal sort of guy. Uh, you know, and that whole coaching tree does seem to be that way. I mean, you can talk about Nick Saban jumping from school to school. But yeah. but you talk about, like, D'Antonio and Don Treadwell and how they've been together for so long and how great of friends they are. And, you know, it, it just shows that these guys really do care about each other. And, you know, it's it, it's kind of nice to have this, this matchup with, with a team like this. No, it really is. And, uh, you know, I, what I like about it most is that, yeah, you know what, yeah, maybe we're not playing in the Rose Bowl. We're not playing in the Sugar Bowl. But this is a very formal opponent. Yeah, and it's a marquee matchup, too. It is. It's a marquee matchup. I mean, the Capital One Bowl, like I've said before, is nothing to sneeze at. It's a great accomplishment for both of these teams. I know Alabama probably feels they underachieved a little bit yeah, um, after, you know, last... Yeah, they obviously, you know, would want to be in a BCS Bowl. But I think that will light a fire under their butts. Because they're going to want to come out and prove, hey, listen, we're you know, we're better than our record. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And they really probably are. I mean, the teams that they lost to, LSU, Auburn, South Carolina, nothing to sneeze at. I mean, nothing at all. They're going to beat probably most of the teams in the country. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they lost to Auburn by a point, 28 27. And uh, yeah, we all know Auburn, you know, I mean, they came back. It was 24 7, really. I mean, Alabama really blew that game. But at the same point, they got up on the number one team in the country and they almost beat them. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, LSU, South Carolina, they lost to LSU by three points. They lost to South Carolina by 14. But like you said, ranked teams, good teams. The SEC, no matter, it's a brutal conference. And if you can get out of there at 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two around there, that's an accomplishment. Absolutely. Murderers roll when these teams got to, you know, I mean, play each other all the time. No, absolutely. Uh, here's a nice little quote from uh, Nick Saban. He says, quote, Antonio has done a fabulous job with his team and what they've accomplished this year and how he has built the program back to the national prominence. I never really look forward to competing against my friends, but this is a great opportunity for our team. And that's true. I mean, it's got to be kind of a little tough on these guys when you're really good friends. And, you know, you have to put that aside, and it's business time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it's not the biggest world, the coaching world. So they they all have coached against friends before. Maybe not as close as these two guys yes. are. But they've definitely been in this sort of situation. Exactly. I mean, it's it's bound to happen. That's what happens. You have assistants, you have guys under head guys, and then they get better, and they move on and get head coaching jobs. And then they're going to end up coaching against each other. I mean, Bobby Williams, who, you know, came in to, you know, fill the Spartans head coaching role back when Nick Saban resigned he's now an assistant under Nick Saban in Alabama yeah yeah absolutely I mean there's there's definitely a lot of ties between these two teams that you wouldn't necessarily thought you know given that they're so far apart yeah geographically exactly but no I think there are and that's what I like best I think about this matchup is that there's so so many good storylines and the storylines to me at times are even bigger, better and bigger than the game itself. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I'm really excited to see here. And, you know, Michigan State, they know they've lost four straight bowl games. Uh, we haven't won a bowl game since 2001 when we beat Florida in the Citrus Bowl, which is became the Capital One Bowl. Yeah. And we beat them 37 to 34. So we haven't had a bowl win in nine years. Absolutely. It's been a while. And, you know, that was one of the things that I think both of us were talking about this year. Yeah. Throughout the season, it's, it's time to win a bowl game. It's time to get it done. Win a bowl game. I mean, Texas Tech last year, you can't fault them for losing that. They didn't have 11 guys. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely. year before that, what was Georgia? You know? Okay? Again, 24 to 12, Georgia was a better team. They were. They were. But we were, we're a better team now than we were back in 2008 when we played Georgia. Okay? We are a much better team. And, you know, that was, you know, that's Matt Stafford's Georgia Bulldogs back then. Okay? Right. They had a solid, they had solid program. I just want to see Michigan State show up. They lose... Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be happy about it. But if they play their hearts out and they play a sound game of football and we just get beat, then you just get beat. And I understand that. But if they get trounced like they did against Iowa, if they just get embarrassed like you know they ha- they've had in the past in games where you need them to show up and they don't, yeah, That's, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be. You angry. can't do that in this game. It's the national spotlight. It's going to be on you. I mean, it's going to be televised everywhere. You know, and uh, people are going to be watching. This is going to be the first chance that probably a lot of people have had to see MSU. Yeah. you know, this season if they're not from this area. Exactly, because I mean, really, the only games I believe we got any. 
any kind of national, real good national coverage was obviously Iowa mm-hmm. and always the Michigan Michigan State game. Absolutely. Uh, beyond I that, I mean the Notre Dame game. That was that a, was a night game. Yeah, that, that was, was actually yeah, that was ESPN a, or something like yep. that for sure. So we you know we did we did get some good coverage there. But yeah, like you said, this is a one o'clock time slot, uh, New Year's Day. Everyone's gonna be sitting around at their house on Saturday, and this is gonna be a game to watch. Um, it's gonna be real. I think it's gonna be a real good game. Yeah, on the field, I think they do match up pretty well. You got some similar styles here of I, play. I agree, which makes sense with the coaching connections. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at you know Greg McElroy, you look at Kirk Cousins, very similar quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. The the solid guy who doesn't make a lot of mistakes and maybe not the most spectacular quarterback in yeah. the country. Not Cam Newton and around out there, but, <laughs> but but definitely the sort of guy you can rely on to lead your team. Exactly. I mean, he kid threw 19 touchdowns this year. Talking about Greg McElroy and uh, Kirk Cousins again, taking care of the ball well. Um, he has thrown five interceptions in his last four games. Yeah. But I would. I mean, that's one basically one games of, is the Iowa game, I believe. It probably is. Yeah. I mean, I would and think he it, threw three in that, and one. he threw three in that one. Yeah, and I mean, at the same time, even if he did have one a game, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, we're no. talking about quarter. You know, guys, they, there's different types of interceptions. Exactly, though. and that's the thing. Sometimes you just see it on the stat line. You think, oh wow, he threw two, or he threw one. Tipped balls, you know, yeah. batted passes, or just mistakes by receivers. Absolutely. You know, it's not always on the quarterback yeah. by any means. Definitely. But I mean, if looking more, looking more statistically at this matchup, I think one thing that you know, is going to be Michigan State's biggest problem is Alabama's defense. Uh, Alabama's defense right now, uh, they're only giving up 14 points per game. Yeah. Now that is good. Absolutely, especially some of the offenses that they faced throughout yeah. the season. Very impressive. I mean, again, I know. I mean, even a team like Auburn, who's been scoring fifty points a game at times, you know, only twenty-eight. I know that sounds like that's that's a lot, kind of, but I mean, still, they shut them down in the first half of that the whole game. first half. Absolutely, and then they just fell apart. Nothing, yeah. I mean, if you want to look at something that's really going to hurt the Spartans, listeners, it is B.J. Cunningham. Uh, for all of you that don't know, B.J. Cunningham broke his foot in practice about a week ago. So he will not be joining. He will not be playing in this game. Um, but not probably not the biggest deal. No. It's going to hurt because he, you know, he did lead the team with receptions. Yeah. He had 50 receptions for 611 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, you know, really started to figure it, figure it out. But you got Mark Dell. You yeah, got yeah. Keyshawn Martin. So you have some good guys. Yeah, the, the receiving core throughout is pretty solid, and those guys are going to have to step up. Um, you know, I could see us going to more two tight end sets. I mean, yes. you know, we have good tight ends. Gantz always impressed me a lot. And yeah, Lincecum. I mean, and Lincecum's also great, definitely. So, you know, and, and with this game, I think that we're really going to want to try to pound the ball mm-hmm. and, you know, stay on the field for as long as possible. Exactly. So this might not be the worst. Uh, subtraction to the team. No, it might. It won't be. I mean, it's going to hurt a little bit, but I mean, Keyshawn, he's healthy now. He's had a lot of time to heal up. He's had a month to get healthy. Absolutely. And you know, Mark Dell, no slouch. Forty nine passes this. Uh, you know, forty nine receptions this year uh, for seven hundred and sixty one yards. Yeah. Not as many touchdowns, but Dell made some fantastic grabs. Especially if you want to look in that Penn State game. Um, just Absolutely. some excellent grabs. He has the potential to step up and fill in for you know, and if he does that, then. You know, we might not miss Cunningham really at all. No, exactly. And, I mean, not to mention, if you want to look at the running game for this team, Edwin Baker, he ranks third in the Big Ten, almost 1,200 yards this year rushing. And they're going to have to they're gonna have to get past this run defense yeah. of Alabama. It is. It's definitely a stout one. It is. It's a stout. I mean, from yeah, they're not giving up too many yards at all on the ground. But here, we have a caller, so let's get to the phone lines. Hey, Megan, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. 
Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How you doing? I'm fantastic. So I've been trying to listen, and my stream isn't working. So what do we got going on right now? We are talking about the Spartans and the Rolling and the Crimson Side, the bowl game. Okay, so you want, you want me to give you guys my little opinion here? Yes, Megan, because you're not here at the studio. i got to know what you think. Absolutely. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hard being 45 minutes away from me. Like- no, don't worry about it. I mean, you're right. With those gas prices, jeez. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, I was just informed that I did not know that Music Cunningham is out for the game. So yes. That's, that's going to be a big hit for Michigan State. Well, I mean, we were just talking about that a little bit, and um, yeah, we did say you know it is gonna it's gonna affect the team a little, but with Mark Dell and Keyshawn Martin, I think they can pick up the slack to a degree. Right, and um, I'm like sitting here like looking at statistics, and it's hard to say like you know I don't know um, win loss record might not be something to look at, but like it, with statistics, even on offense, we're so evenly matched with them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's gonna be like a really 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 good game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's going to come down to who comes out, you know, ready to go for the game and everything, who wants to win. Well, definitely now. Megan, what do you think the X factor in this game is? Like, I mean, what's the thing that's going to separate the winner from the loser in a sense? Because I agree. I think it's going to be a close game, too. I don't think uh, – I don't agree with Vegas. I don't think it's going to be a close to a blowout in any way. Uh, what do you think is going to be the, you know, the defining factor? Our running game, special teams? I mean, what do you think it is? I, I honestly think the one thing that shines through with MSU between every game has been our running game. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that comes through for us every single game, and I think if we can keep doing that, um, there's there's and you know get past the defense, you know, there's no way they can beat us. Our passing game developed so late in the season uh-huh. that um, you know our running game has been around for a while, and I think that's going to determine who wins this game. Yeah, and uh, now I have to ask you, Megan, you got to make a pick, okay? I gotta make a pick. You have to make a pick. Yeah, I need to have you, Alabama, Michigan State. Pick with your head. Pick with your heart, and uh, give me a score. And I'll give you my heart. You know who it would be. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I know. Me and Johnny we were talking about this earlier. We're like, ah, I still don't know who's gonna win this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is a tough I call. Mean, I, I'm looking at everything, and as much as I want to say State's gonna win this, I, I have to pick Alabama. Uh huh. And it's just because I it's. I don't know. They just seem like a better program in general. Um, we are a good team, and we have come through, but it's been by some small margins. And like I said, it just depends on who comes out ready, you know, to play the game. Exactly. You know, will Michigan State get up for this game? Because Michigan State does not get up for the big games at times. That's very true. You look at you look at Northwestern, and then look, we went against a good Iowa team that ended up, you know, falling off in the last couple games. But we we lost it like thirty points. Exactly. I mean, yeah. It's just, it's, 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 like I said, and I've reiterated this twice, it's who comes ready. And if Michigan State comes ready, I could see, you know, them pulling it off. Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope they do. I do have to tend to agree, though, with your pick of Alabama. Um, I don't, I hate saying it. Uh, I think Alabama wins this game in a tight one. 27-24, something like that. Mm-hmm. I see it being a close game. Uh, I think, Johnny, you brought up one of the best points when we were talking earlier uh, that we need to make sure to keep Alabama off the field yeah. for as long as possible. Absolutely. I mean, they got some good running backs out there with you know Mark Ingram, reigning Heisman winner from last year, and, and of course, uh, Trent Richardson, the younger guy. Yep, good running game. I mean, you know, they run the ball well, too. Mark Ingram, like you said, uh, this is going to be a heck of a game. Right. And I think um, we just have to watch out for turnovers. 
We've had yeah. some games where turnovers and penalties, as we've reiterated many, many times on the show, is we have a tendency to be stupid and have dumb penalties that hurt us in the long run. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, Johnny, I were saying this. Yeah, I mean, turnovers in my, I mean, penalties are huge, obviously, but turnovers they'll kill you even worse. Right. And if we lose the turnover battle, there's not a chance we win this game. No, that's absolutely true. But you know, we've done a good job throughout this year of you know limiting that as the season progressed, yeah. except for a couple of obvious. Couple poor performances, <laughs> but but honestly, I think this is a team that has been able to pull out close games throughout the season. Now they haven't done it against teams maybe of Alabama's you know caliber, uh-huh. but they have that experience. You know that they're not going to be afraid to pull out all the stops if they need to. Exactly. And I'm thinking that you know you said pick with your head and with your heart. Well, my heart's obviously going for Michigan State. My head doesn't really know, <laughs> so I'm going to go with Michigan State in this game to squeak it out. Okay, you got a score for me? I, I'm going to say. It's going to be uh, probably a good 27-24 for Michigan State. Well, okay, so like just that. like the reverse of yeah, my gotcha. Much. All right. So, Megan, you're going to this game, right? I actually didn't get tickets, so I'm not going. No way. I know. I'm sorry. I can't give you firsthand uh, fun knowledge about this game. Yeah, and plus a nice vacation down in Orlando for a few days. I know. Get out of this weather. Hey, it's supposed to be up to like almost 50 this week, so... <laughs> It's a heat wave in Michigan. Did you you say it's supposed to get up to 50 in Michigan? What's that? Did you say it's supposed to get up to 50 in Michigan? Yeah, like 48, I think, is the high on, like, Thursday. Thursday? Really? Wow. Wouldn't think it right now. Johnny, are wa- Johnny and I are walking here from the bus, and we're dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Megan, I really appreciate the phone call. And, uh, you know, if you want, call in later. Keep those phone lines lit up. Okay, I'll, uh, maybe I'll call back later. All right, if you want to. If not, great to have, We'll see you uh, next Monday, all right? All right, sounds good. All right, you have a good New Year's. See you, Megan. Yeah, you too. All right, bye. Bye. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a tight game. I definitely agree. I just see it going to Alabama's way just because I think they've been on the big stage more. That they've played in more of those bigger games and oh, handled yeah. it. They have a little more composure. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, n- neither of us, and I don't think Megan is either – too confident in any of our picks. It's just it's really hard to call. It know? is. I think it's hard to call. It's definitely uh, a bit of a down year for Alabama. They're not as good as they were last year. Michigan State's better than they have been in years. Exactly. But, you know, Alabama's still a fantastic team and, you know, both teams have flaws. Both teams have really strong points. Yeah, really yeah. strong points. Um, here's a nice little quote from Kirk Cousins. He says, quote, We feel although we're not in a BCS Bowl that we are playing in a BCS-type game because of the quality of the season that we put together and the quality of the season that Alabama's put together. We feel like this is a BCS-type bowl game. Exactly. It, it, it really is. Uh, you know, This is a, a marquee matchup, as we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you can't just because it doesn't have that name on it, you know. Yeah. Doesn't have that label, and you know the only thing about that label, okay? It's just it's just money, and they would rather have Michigan State play in this bowl rather than put us in the Sugar Bowl, just because Ohio State's a brand name. Yeah, We've absolutely. talked about this; it's a brand thing. Michigan State has not earned the respect of the whole, you know, the NCAA yet, in my opinion. The fans, the boosters, they just have, in in this state they have. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Absolutely. We talk nationally, maybe the analyst to a degree, but just casual college football fans, like yeah. you said, how many of them ever even seen Michigan State play? Yeah, it's, it's very true. I mean, it's just not a name that you're used to hearing. You know, I mean, sometimes they make a little bit of noise earlier in the season, but, you know, state just traditionally. And then it's a late fade. Yeah, they just traditionally tend to lose a few games, you know, once they get into Big Ten play. Mm-hmm. And... 
you know I can't I can't blame these other people I'm not following you know Arizona yeah. or yeah. you know other yeah, ASU or you know Pac-10 teams middling Big Ten Big 12 teams yeah. you know no exactly but I mean there's a lot of good things I mean look at Greg Jones Jones led the team with 98 tackles and, uh, and like they're saying hopefully he can slow down Alabama's offense as averaging 436 yards a game yeah yeah absolutely I mean he is definitely going to be one of the keys that whole defense really will be yeah you know in my opinion the defense will be the defining factor in this game um, you know I think Kirk Cousins like we've said I think he's really he's got a lot of poise and he's, he's I think he's going to be able to take care of the football yeah he did a great job in that Penn State game uh, just good strikes good just good drives down the field uh, the defense needs to be able to shut down Alabama at times I mean we rank third in the Big Ten right now in total defense we're giving up around 337 yards a game and if they can stop Mark, Inger- Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson Mark Ingram who has been struggling he missed two games due to injury, and he's been held, held to less than 100 yards in eight straight games. Yeah. We'll see if he's got over his injury bug. I mean, that's the sort of thing with these middle season injuries. You've had so much time off time to heal up. Yeah. It's, it's very possible he's going to come out there strong and looking like he did last year. Yeah. But we still, we were able, you know, to, to stop Wisconsin's rushing attack, and that's definitely the best yeah. one in the country got, by far. Oh, yeah. So they have like three horses. We can put a, we can put together a performance like we did against them, against Alabama. We can definitely shut them down. Yeah. I mean, and another, if you want to talk about turnovers crimson tide tied for first in the sec with the least amount of turnovers yeah. 14 that's okay that's a telling stat right that there, is sure. very telling they take care of the ball i want to see these guys pop punching and just trying to strip that ball every chance they get don't yeah, just go absolutely. for the tackle take what the new orleans saints model they're always punching ripping grabbing yeah. and you know try to get that ball loose i mean that's what you have to do they need to force turnovers, I think, to give themselves that slight advantage. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. The turnover battle will be a deciding factor in this game. I mean, if if we give the ball up a couple of times and Alabama doesn't, no chance. We said it before. Yep. No chance. No chance at all. But let's see. 721. Uh, let's move on. I think we talked a lot about the Spartan game. I think we've covered basically everything. Uh, like I said, this game is going to be on Saturday, January 1st, 1 p.m. Okay? If you want to, watch it. I know I will. Yeah. It'll be a great game. It's going to be a really good, exciting game. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like you said, we can get off that bull schneid and get a win finally again. Yeah. But let's move on to another football team. And this football team, the Detroit Lions. Let's give a hand to the Detroit Lions. I'm going to clap it right now on the air. On the air. Making me... What a great Christmas. Restoring the roar. Restoring the roar. Exactly. I mean, oh, what a game. Okay, they played the Miami Dolphins this Sunday. It was at Miami. And it was a close game the entire for, for a, lot of the, a lot of the game. This game was basically 10 to 17. It was 10 to 17 at the half. Detroit was down 7. They tied it up in the third. Nice drive, nice run by Maurice Morris. And then Miami comes back. They get a touchdown. They're up 7. And then you're starting to see, you think the Lions, they're just going to lose it. The, the old Lions would have lost it. Yeah, the old Lions, the Lions that, all right, they played three quarters. They only down seven, but oh, then they, okay, field goal for Miami, 27 17. And you're thinking, uh oh. Yep. It's like five minutes left, four that minutes left. Sealed the deal. We're down ten. You're thinking there's no way. This isn't this isn't Tom Brady, New England's Patriots. This isn't Peyton Manning's Indianapolis Colts. There's no way. Yeah. On the road, they did it. Okay, the Lions won thirty four to twenty seven. 
34 to 27. A great, great pass to Javid Best and a heck of a run by yeah. the kid, which was a huge quick strike. They scored that touchdown. It only took about 12 seconds off the clock. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what Best has been able to do at times this year when he's been fully healthy. Maybe not having the greatest game overall. He only had 24 rushing yards. That was his only catch. Yeah. But it was the game changer. Explosive. He's got that speed and the, the agility to get around guys, get past them, and once he's past people, you're never catching. He's gone. I mean, yeah, it's a. Him. I mean, and listen. I mean, I always thought for a long time he had turf toe on one on his left big toe. They yeah. were saying in the broadcast he is on both toes. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's you know people think oh turf toe what's that that, that that's nothing. Yeah. Trust me, yeah. for a running back that's one of the worst injuries unless you have a torn Achilles or something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, whenever you plant your feet, it hurts and you can't do it. You can't make those quick moves side to side laterally. Exactly. That you, that you need to do. And, and that's exa- and that's what Javid Best is. He is. He's great at the sweeps. He's great on the outside. He's yeah. not really a north-south runner. Yeah. He's too tiny. He gets he's eaten up. He's not powering over people. No. He's not running through guys. No, exactly. He gets eaten up if he tries to run up the middle. That's what you got Mo Morris for. Yeah. Okay? Mo Morris yeah. has been playing some good football. He has. He has. You know, this week, uh, maybe not as impressive stats no. as he has the past few weeks, but he got a touchdown. He got in there. He he had a couple of key runs. You yep. Know? A couple of good runs there. I mean, the Lions did only rush for 67 yards, yeah. um, which actually is kind of surprising because the last two weeks they'd rushed for over 100 yards. Yeah. Uh, they'd really figured out the rushing game. Um, the, the key to this game, I mean, first off, we want to talk Sean Hill. Sean Hill played, he played a, a, a decent game. He played a pretty decent game. I don't want to say he played a good game. Well, I guess maybe you could I say, think he played you could say a good. good game. You could say good, yes. He played good. He didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. A 14 of 26 passing, 222 yards. It's pretty yeah. solid. A couple touchdowns in couple, there, yeah. definitely. A couple good passes, some good strikes to Calvin. Yep. Uh, you know, that, you know, he hit Pettigrew a lot. Pettigrew was one, you know, one of his more favorite receivers yesterday. And uh, that's really because I didn't even notice. I know we were watching the highlights yeah. earlier today. You know, Calvin, he was out after, in about the th- later in the third quarter. They pulled him because of his ankle because, you know, he yeah. had tweaked it the week before. Yeah. So that's why Pettigrew really became the more favorite receiver. And, hey, Pettigrew's biggest problem has been dropped passes. Took care of that. Absolutely. Yeah, he had a couple of nice grabs. Oh, some some really nice grabs. Very good ones. Some really good grabs. Um, I know we were talking about this before. Uh, one of the most telling stats to this game, wondering how, how the Lions win this. They had the ball for 22 minutes. Yeah, 22 minutes. Uh, 425 yards for Miami, 275 for Detroit. I mean, and you're thinking, Miami what? Pushing the ball down the field, you know, get, moving the chains throughout the game. Yep. It's all about the turnovers. Turnovers. One. Chad Henney, good old Michigan boy. Good old Michigan boy choked. Absolutely. Choked big time. I, I mean,. I was watching this game with my dad. I was watching it with my my friend of mine. And uh, I couldn't believe the collapse. I have not seen more of an, just an implosion yeah. of a team. Just so awful. That first interception that Nathan Vasher got, what a horrible pass. Oh, it was a, by ter- Chad a terrible pass. Awful. And the, and the other one wasn't really that great either. It wasn't that great. If you see the replay, his receiver does slip a little bit, and that's yeah. what gives that opening to Levy, you know, DeAndre Levy. Yeah. But even still, not that good of a pass at all. When it, come to, when it came to crunch time for Chad Henney, they couldn't get it done. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, even you know after they were down and had a chance to, they still had two, two minutes and eleven yeah. seconds, and they just they just fouled up the clock management, let way too much time run off. You know, yeah. bad plays. Failed what are you throwing? Out of bounds. Yeah, what are you throwing? Yeah. What's Ronnie Brown even doing? Straight to the side? Get out! Yeah, you yeah. tell you try to make a move almost at first. Exactly, exactly. Each. They're thinking it's first quarter play here or something yeah. like that. It's like listen, you know, you you know they started that play with like twenty one seconds left on the clock. Yeah. We're like, you gotta go! Come on, go! They, they, yeah, they choked it away to a certain degree. But you got to give credit to Detroit's defense that wasn't looking great through three quarters, really. No, nope. and they stepped up. I mean, Levy, fantastic interception return. That's a guy who he hasn't been healthy all season, exactly. And he's making a huge impact, you know. Now that he's back, no, he's doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, credit the defense for this win. The yep. offense kept them, you know, kept them in the game. But the defense won the game when it came Definitely. down to it. Yeah, the defensive line came through yeah. again, got a couple of sacks. Sue had another sack. Yeah. Uh, and I got. I want to bring up Bobby Carpenter, give him a shout-out. Please do. Ten tackles. Whew. He's been, uh, the past few weeks, all over the field. You know, this is a guy who played at Penn State. They've, they, you know, produced a few linebackers in their day. Yeah. And I, he's looking like he might be poised for a breakout year next year. I hope so. If we can get him and Levy, that's, we got a start of a pretty solid linebacking foundation. We do. And and I think, you know, one of the best things, first off, another quick shout out, Dave Rayner. Dave yeah. Rayner on a windy day in Miami. Anyone who saw this game, it was so windy. Yeah, the balls were just taking the weirdest pass through the air yeah. and just dying. You yeah, know, just dying. Field, flying way over on the yeah. other. But I mean, what a clutch 47 yard field goal, which is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Okay, with two minutes and 44 seconds left to tie this game. Absolutely. That was huge. Absolutely. No, he's filled in. Admirably for Jason Hansen. Very, very admirably. Now, don't get me wrong. Jason Hansen wants to come back next year in a heartbeat. Of course. Heartbeat. Yeah, he's he's the face of the Lions franchise as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't remember ever seeing the Lions game without Jason no, Hansen. I think I was like four years year. old. Maybe yeah. f- I was like four or five years old when he joined the team. So the Lions and Jason Hansen, they just they go together. Yeah. But, I mean, the Lions, My most, the thing I'm most impressed with is just their resiliency towards the end of this year when the games even don't mean anything. They are playing like they're they're fighting for the playoffs. Yeah, and I love that hunger and that heart. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it took them a while to get over that hump and know that we can win games. Yeah, but, close games out. Yeah, but we've gotten to that point and now. We've won three in a row. If we win next week, Minnesota definitely a game that maybe at this point should be a win. Oh, not, not just a winnable game, but I think maybe you know we're the favorite. I would I would you think know. we're favorites. Yeah, we're favorites. That's a four game win streak. We haven't had one of those since nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine, listeners, listen to that. Now, I mean, that's a that's a while. Okay, they won three in a row since you know two thousand seven when yeah. they started six and two. Absolutely. So I mean, basically, you know, this this is just it's great for the Lions. It, you know, it shows potential for next season. And I think yeah. next season. Is the measuring stick for this team, for the coach, for everything. It definitely This is. team needs to be in the hunt for yeah. the wild card definitely. next season. If they are not in the hunt, if they are just where they're at like right now, yeah. a six and ten ball club come to the end, seven and nine, that's not good enough. No. Like I, you know, I, like I heard a good thing today. They need to almost be. They need to be on the same like the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah. They need not to be, necessarily in it, but when you see that board, right? They're there. They're in the hunt. They're still there. Yeah, they're they're 
eight and seven right now or something like that. Exactly. Nine and six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But listen, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to finish up just a little bit more with the Lions. Uh, Let all you listeners know what the NFL playoff picture looks like. And definitely a lot more to get to. So definitely stay tuned. This is 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Just received word of an invasion. Speak quickly, maggot. Is it those Canadians again? I don't know, sir. We've just heard that Monday at 8 p.m. the impact will be invaded. You stupid ninny. That's the Asian invasion. It's the poppiest, catchiest, and all-around toe-tapping his music out of the Korea, Japan, and China. But, sir, I'm no good with Asian dialects. Shut up and listen to the music, private. That catchy beat knows no language barrier. Now move out, everyone. Sir, yes, sir. The Asian invasion. Monday nights from 8 till 10 on The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Thursday nights from 10 until 2 a.m. Listen to the Hours of Power, the scariest and only metal show in the mid-Michigan area. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here in 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave and Johnny here with you on a nice, well, cold Monday. <laughs> Nothing nice about it, actually. Cold and windy. Cold and windy. But toughens you up, right? Yep, absolutely. It's early winter. We need to get used to this. Yeah, this is this is the days that we'll be thankful for in January and February. Oh, sure. February. What a crappy month. I hate February. Everything yeah. about that month is horrible. No fun. <laughs> no fun. No offense to anyone who has a birthday in February, but I'm sorry. February is a god-awful <laughs> month. But um, back to the Lions game. And actually, I want to talk about something that happened at the end of the Lions game. Is uh, Anyone who uh, you know watched this game would not have seen this, most likely. But actually, Dominic Riola, uh, as he was... Uh, He's walking towards the tunnel. He was almost entering the tunnel to leave the game. And I guess from what has been reported that, you know, fans were making, you know, saying things to him. Sure. Um, I, we can't say any of these things on the air, right. or what he says. Um, there is a link on freepress.com if you want to check out the X-rated language. <laughs> uh, but he was basically, some uh, fans were saying some stuff to him that he didn't appreciate. So he looked up into the stands, uh, flicked off the crowd, and yelled, yelled some crude phrases. Yelled one finger salute. Yep. <laughs> the one finger salute. Now, my question is, what do you think should happen to Dominic Raiola? Should the should the team find him, or should we? Do they wait for wait the for NFL to? You know, I understand that you know that you get emotional. You know, you get angry with you know people doing these sort of things, and you know the fans really shouldn't be doing that. I get it. You heckle the guys. You. you you bash him a little bit. Yeah. But there's lines that can be crossed. Yeah. On the other hand, he is a professional. He's supposed to be representing the organization. Exactly. And, you know, he's supposed to have the, you know, that professional atmosphere around him. Yeah. And this isn't the first time he's had this sort of exact same incident. Yeah, exactly. This isn't the first time he's let that middle finger fly. He did it two years ago. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, yeah, he was, he was fined $7,500 because he flipped off hecklers yeah. after they lost to Minnesota. Yeah. So I think the team should fine him. 
and you know a, you know a decent amount yeah. nothing too ridiculous because it's not five the grand end of the world. five grand yeah, to seventy five hundred sounds like just a very like the, reasonable sort of thing well you know and it should be five thousand because I mean in September safety Luis Delmas he did the same thing he mm-hmm. flicked off at some for some reason Minnesota and the Metrodome like yeah. <laughs> they just hate these Vikings fans so much but yeah he extended the middle finger after the loss to the Vikings earlier this year he was fined five grand by the team yeah. I think this how can you find him more I you know maybe you, just because of the history maybe perhaps. the history that's the try and thing. teach him yeah. you just can't do this stuff but like it's been s- a while it's been a couple it's, years yeah, it's been and, a couple. and Ryla you know he's always been an outspoken emotional fiery guy he's definitely the leader of the offensive line yeah. you know he's been there the longest of, by far oh he's been, been there a long time and, you know and yeah, I like that I like that it's you know you live with that sometimes with these sort of guys. They're going to have these outbursts. And as long as he doesn't do anything too crazy, you know, he didn't go into the stands and punch yeah, somebody He's not out. throwing his helmet. You know, yeah, yeah, he's exactly. not punching a fan. He's not doing anything dangerous. He's not going to hurt anybody. He just might offend a few people. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, still, today's day and age where everything's everything's filmed, yeah. everything's on some kind of camera. Everyone has their own personal video recorder with cell phones nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. That's how this video got leaked. Right. It was just a fan filming. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, he's got to watch out for that. But, you know, fine him. He pays the fine. We move on. We move on. Because, look, just we'll end it at this. Here's a quote from Jim Schwartz about the incident. He says, quote, Dominic is a very emotional player. And that's one of those things that drives him as a player. He takes everything personally, and that's good in a lot of ways. But you've got to draw the line when it's fans and stuff like that. Quote, short of physical confrontation, somebody throws something, then, you know, there were no snowballs in Sun Life Stadium or anything (laughs) like that. But short of that, we need to do a better job of controlling that. No, absolutely. And, you know, real fast, I think this is the best quote out of this article in the free press. It says, quote, and then a little bit like we said before, we need to learn how to deal with winning. That's a much different situation when you're losing on the road. But when you're winning on the road, you need to expect to win and just know that those things are going to happen. And yeah. we need to do a little bit better job responding. And I guess I'll just leave it at that, end quote. It's true. It's a different monster when you start winning. It's, it, that is very true. That's a good point. That's really something that I hadn't even been thinking about. And, you know, credit to Jim Schwartz for, for bringing that up. I That guy is a very intelligent man. He is. He certainly is. And, you know, I'm... I'm I, I really am looking forward to seeing what he's able to do next season. The team should be a little bit better. Hopefully Stafford can be healthy. Oh, I and, hope so. Uh, you know, if everything falls into place, they got a bright future ahead of them. They do. I mean, and uh, you know, this is one other thing I want to get to real fast. I mean, I know we're talking a lot about the Lions, but I mean, it's such a nice win. And we're, you know, this is the end of the year. Yeah. You know, the big thing with this team is that I think I've talked with you about it. I think it's more important for them to win these games and fall in the draft. I, than, to, than to have lost out yeah, and yeah. have like a three pick, have sure, a four pick. Sure. You, yeah, I mean, they're still going to get a fine player. Yep. You know? They're not going to be, you know, the 30th pick in the draft, obviously. No. And you get rid of that losing culture that has just pervaded the Lions organization for more than a decade. Exactly. And really for decades, plural. Exactly. I mean, even if you want to go to the Barry days, yeah. they've only won, they only won one playoff game. Yeah. Okay. Even with Barry Sanders, you know, yeah. they still weren't that yeah, I mean they weren't they weren't as bad as we are now playoffs every once in a while exactly squeak a wild card you know a sure. little birth in but you know I think it's it's more important for this team to like you said the winning mentality to break that culture going into next season yeah that, that has a huge carryover effect okay it, it really does. and not to mention you fall to seven 
or eight in the draft, maybe. Yeah. Then you don't have to pay an outrageous premium for a guy sure. that you can't even pass on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like your hand's forced. Absolutely. Like, we need to take him, and now we're going to have to pay this guy $60 million. Right. You know, rather than you fall a little... Now you have some more options. Yeah. Instead of being forceful, we have to take Patrick Peterson. Yeah. He's available. We can't. You can't pass on the kid. Right. Yeah, you can trade down. You can do this. You exactly. Can do that. Sure. I think you got some moves you can make. I think it, you know, it opens it up a little bit more for yourself. Because, I mean, the truth of it is, if you look at teams like the Patriots, you know what they do best in the draft? Round five. Yeah. Six. Yeah. You know, f- four. I mean, oh, yeah. You look at those guys. I mean, they got undrafted, you know, f- free agents. You know, Wes Welker. Yeah. Never drafted. Nope. You know, Tom Brady, round six? Yeah, round six. You know, Danny Woodhead, this little guy. Yeah. You can't even find him in a room. They couldn't <laughs> find him in the draft room. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. I mean, that's where I think you need to do best. You need to, you, just, you know, when you get later in the draft, that's yeah. where you need to really yeah. be, you know, make some good, you know, it, it, find it talent. It comes down to developing talent instead yeah. of just getting this talent thrown at you. Exactly. All right, but let's move to uh, actually the playoff picture right now in the NFL for all of our big NFL fans out there. Uh, Philly has locked up the NFC East. Uh, Chicago has locked up the NFC North. Uh, Right now, the NFC West... Basically, St. Louis almost has it, but yeah. um, they do have to play Seattle. They play each other next they week. They play each other next week. Pretty much the winner goes. Yeah, the winner will go, so we'll see. Hey, Matt, hopefully your Rams go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do kind of want to see a team make it at 7-9, and nine, though. Well, I just think it would oh, be too funny. I do, too. I really, I hope. I do hope, actually, Seattle wins for that sake. Yeah. Never has never happened. I just I just feel bad, you know, for teams like uh, the Giants and Green Bay and, uh, you know, Tampa. Tampa Bay that are like, you know, 9-6 right now might be 10-6 and left out of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they might be. I mean, it's going to be real interesting to see who gets the wild card berths. Yeah. Um, I think right now, I mean, Atlanta is playing New Orleans tonight on Monday Night Football, which is going to be a great game. Yeah. Atlanta wins. They lock up the NFC South. Yeah, they lock up uh, home field advantage. And they lock up the number one seed yeah, in the NFC. Do. And, yeah, New Orleans needs to win this game, and I think Atlanta needs to lose next week, too. I believe they're playing Carolina. Yes. That, that's that's a, the only way that New Orleans can win the, yeah. the division. And New Orleans, they're going to get in as a wild card. Oh, absolutely. And that's a guarantee. Absolutely, yeah. Now, you know, you just wonder who will be the other wild card team. Yeah. I mean, who is it going to be Green Bay? It could be. It could be. They play Chicago. They play Chicago. And Chicago really doesn't have much to play for. They don't. Um, although they could really end up being playing for the uh, the number two seed and getting a bye. Yeah. That's, uh, that's that'll be between them and Philly, more than likely. Yeah, yeah I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I always love, um, I always perf- I always love the end of the season races even more than the playoffs. Yeah, because it's just I love the excitement in week sixteen and seventeen. Absolutely, and yeah. just what's gonna happen. It's, it is a lot of fun. The AFCs have got some interesting things going on out there too. Yes, it does. Some really good team. I mean, if you want to look at it right now, New England has locked up the number one seed in the AFC, yeah. uh, winning their division. Kansas. City, the yeah, uh, the, the surprise, uh, the surprise team of this year. Absolutely, uh, ten and five right now. They've locked up the AFC West. Uh, I'm very impressed with Kansas City. I like them. I've always liked KC. I'm very happy to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, this is fun. It's a fun story. It is definitely. Uh, the team is seven and zero at home. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, now let's see AFC South, uh, Indy and Jacksonville. I mean, you got you got Indy leading the division right now yep. uh, by a game. Uh, I don't know who Indy. I think Indy, they play Tennessee. They play Tennessee. Jacksonville. 
Louisville plays at Houston. The Tennessee game is a home game for Indianapolis. Okay. And Tennessee's, they're trash. Yeah, they should win that. And if they win that, they obviously win their division. Yep, the they'll win the division. Jaguars need help. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, you got Pittsburgh and Baltimore. We still don't know who's going to win that division. Yeah, I think they're both in the playoffs regardless. Exactly, they are. it's just going to depend on who wins what. Yeah. Who gets the wild card. Who gets and, the home field advantage. Yep. Uh, the Jets have already clinched the wild card berth at 10-5. and five. So, <laughs> go Rex Ryan. Yeah. yeah, so the playoff pictures are pretty fleshed out except for the seeding. You know, it's going to be exactly be Indianapolis or Jacksonville, but the other five teams are all set. Yep, and exactly. It, and it's just going to come down to, you know, who gets that, that home field advantage, who gets that crucial bye. Exactly, and that's very important in this league. Um, we will talk more about this next week, but we need to move on. And next week we'll, we'll know exactly who's facing each other. Exactly. So let's give it a week. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to Spartan basketball. Uh, the Spartans, oh, God, the Spartans, you make me sad. Uh, the Spartans have fallen to 20th right now in the AP poll. And uh, was it 19 in the coaches' poll? 19th, yes. So... You know we're you know we're still ranked after losing to Texas. Uh, we played Texas yeah. last Wednesday night. We lost to them, sixty-seven fifty-five. It was probably the worst performance the Spartans have put out all season. It was pretty bad. I mean, um, you could maybe argue Syracuse the Syracuse game was worse. It was one that was popping into my mind for sure. Yeah. The other the other losses were you know we were in the game. We played well with Duke. Yeah, it was a great team, obviously. Exactly, especially back when they had that kid. Who yeah, was, uh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Yes, he's disgusting. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, but if you look at this Texas game, uh, you know, first off, the, uh, Texas snapped uh, our non-conference uh, record for uh, at the Breslin. We yeah. hadn't lost a game out of conference at the Breslin since 2003. Yeah. And we lost to Duke back in 2003. So I believe it was 53 or 52. 53, yeah. I think it was 53. I think it was 53 consecutive non-conference wins at the Breslin. That was snapped. It's gone now. It's gone. And you know what? This game, we had a one-point lead going into the half. Yeah. Neither team was playing that great of basketball. Right. I'd say it was very you know, equally matched at that point for how each team was playing. But you go to the, you get to that second half, absolute trash. This team had 16 total turnovers. Yet again, turnovers, turnovers. <laughs> Just killing you. They shot twenty nine percent from the field. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was a just a terrible performance. I uh, I actually didn't see the game and yeah. And uh, there's you know a lot of other stuff. That I, I remember all my friends talking about the Red Wings that night and uh-huh. when I got home from work and I was like, yeah, I'm thinking the Spartans probably lost this one and yeah. I just. Was, didn't even want to look at the, look at it at all. Yeah, you couldn't be more right. Uh, this game got out of hand in the second half pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, pretty quickly actually. You know, the lead was bigger than twelve at some point. I think it got to as high as about fifteen. Um, the Spartans also only shot nineteen percent from three point land. I mean, if you want to look statistically at this game. They got trounced in every category. Yeah, it, it really is across the board. Yeah. And, I mean, really no good performances from anybody. Anybody. Uh, Draymond, five fouls, five points. Yeah. Kid fouled out. Yeah. He didn't have anything going. Um, yeah, they said that, yeah, he shot one of eight before fouling out and he, with, with more than four minutes left in the game. So, they he, they really, yeah, they, they were saying basically the Texas size really got it's, that's to Draymond. Definitely, definitely a key factor. That's... I think part of the problem that the uh, Spartans have had all year on the boards. Yep, exactly. It's just been a, a crucial 
crucial weakness. So crucial weakness. Uh, Delvon Rowe, um, as you know, when I watched this game, yeah, he did look hungry. Mm-hmm. Playing hard, he couldn't just he couldn't make a shot. Uh, I'm sorry, the kid was one for eight, uh, yeah. five points. He couldn't make a shot. Yeah, I, I'm still. I mean, you know, I, I like you got to keep trying. You got to yeah. keep going. I like, right. like I said, I like the heart. I like the hunger, but just. All, nobody got it done on this team. It wasn't like Lucas had a great game. Darrell seems like he didn't want the ball. Yeah. You know, it's like, when are you going to command the ball? I, I've seen this a lot from this team in general, and, and I think it plays into the turnover. Yeah. It's just, they don't seem to want to know who's going to take the shot, who's going to take the ball up the court. Yep. Their roles are not very well defined at this point in the season. No, they're not. That's the thing. Like you said, I mean, who's the point guard? I mean, Kalen, are you going to take it over? Yeah. Are we going to, is Darrell our hot hand tonight? Right. Is Draymond going to be, you know, setting nice screens? And I mean, what, you know, who's doing what? In this, I agree completely. I feel like that's that, they're discombobulated. Yeah, very much In that so. sense. Because, like I said, Texas is a solid team. I said it last week. I'd understand if we lost. It's always, I want to see a good performance. Right. Play your game. Yeah, They didn't play their game. They let Texas play their game. Before the game, you and I. Yep. And, yeah, they just, they really did not show up at all. No. And it's, it's, I talked about, I said, I didn't care if they lost to Texas. Now I kind of care with that performance. Yeah. You can't lose like that. I just, that's what we said before. Not when you're getting ready. I want to see a good non-conference win. Yeah. And you're not going to get that. No. Because Big Ten played now. This is when the Spartans will be playing this Friday at the Breslin against Minnesota. You're Minnesota. off with a really good team. Yeah. yeah. They are ranked 13th in the country. Minnesota is solid. And you know what me and Johnny were talking earlier? You want to look at the ranked teams all together out of the Big Ten? What do we have five of them? Uh, five in one poll and six in the other. Five in one, six in the other. Purdue, you got Ohio State, you got Wisconsin. Uh I'm forgetting a couple, but I mean, you still. I mean, I mean, I'll check the AP rankings right now. I mean, yeah, let's see. Yeah, you have. Uh, yeah, you have Purdue, like you said, and let's see. You got Ohio State, which ranked two in the country. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, we're in there. Illinois ranked 23 now. I mean, Michigan. They're 10 and two. Yeah. They still haven't gotten a single vote. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's, one. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely it's amazing. But yeah, no, not a single team in the Big Ten has a losing record right now. They all have winning records. This is. Uh, it's. it's it's going to be a tough league this year. Spartans in the years past have had the poor non-conference yep. and done really well in the Big Ten and were able to get a pretty decent seed. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen this year. I don't see them winning the Big Ten. No, I don't see them winning the Big Ten I either. At Purdue or, um, or, or Ohio State. State. But it's not going to be MSU, yeah. and they might... Fall to a six or a seven seed or something like that. They might, uh, you know. Like I said, I, I just I don't believe rankings mean a lot at this time of the season. Oh, that's they, very they true. don't. I get tired when people are like, "What are we ranked? What is it?" You know, like, oh, they're twenty. This isn't college football, okay? It's not a twelve game. It's not a twelve game season. Yeah, you have absolutely. a lot of games. Absolutely. Okay, I. Okay, we should. Yeah. They better play a good game of basketball against Minnesota. Yeah, on Friday they Just better for their own confidence. Yeah, for the, yeah, they need it. Honestly, that's a, this team is lacking a lot of confidence. With they just the they feel like they can't beat good teams. That, yeah, all the teams that you've played in their best win is what, South Carolina right now. Yeah, you know, South Carolina is not exactly or, or, a basketball. Or I guess you could say what Washington. Yeah, yeah, Washington perhaps. at the Maui Invitational. But, I get Washington. Eh. Neither of those teams are you know teams that we're talking about being in the Sweet Sixteen or the Final Four or anything like that this year. No, exactly. 
But uh, since we only got 10 minutes left, we're going to cut it short on the Spartans and get to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Detroit Pistons played last night against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they played a hard-fought game, uh, lost 95-92 to in overtime. Uh, you know, it was a very exciting game. Charlie Villanueva had a tip in, with, yeah. you know, tipped it in to send it to overtime with only six-tenths of a second uh, left on the clock. Uh, you know, McGrady coming off the bench, 15 points. Guy played, yeah. you know, hard. Rip Hamilton, 15 Absolutely. again coming off the bench. Yeah. Tayshaun, they, some big buckets. They did a great job to come back, you know, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They were down the whole game. game. Yeah. They were down the whole game, sometimes by 10, 11, a lot, a lot around 7, 8, 9. Yeah. They just kept fighting. And the fact that, you know, it happened a couple of times where they'd get close and then Chicago would open it up again. Yeah. And then they'd have to climb back another time. Exactly. Because if you want to look at this game, they were down seven with about a minute 15 left in the yeah. game. A minute, like a minute Crunch 40. Time, definitely. Yeah. You know, and T-Mac hit a nice big three. Listen, I get it. They lost the game. Derek, I mean, Derek Rose, he had it. He, I mean, it's Derek Rose, 23 points. Uh, you know, the Bulls are 19 and 10. They're playing really good basketball these last 10 games. Carlos Boozer, 31 points, like 10 boards. Yeah. Just a beast, manhandled us. Right. That was a matchup problem all night. They didn't yeah. know who to put on him. Max yeah. Seal's undersized. They throw Tayshawn on they, You know, they kept switching it up. Yeah, that is that is one of the real weaknesses of this team is size. Uh, you know, it, it shows up in the rebounding. Our leading rebounder right now is uh, Ben Wallace. He's averaging just seven a game. Uh-huh. Then you got like uh, Greg Monroe and Charlie Villanueva with about five a game. These yeah. guys need to be getting a lot more than five a yeah. game. Yeah, especially Villanueva. Okay, yeah. I mean Monroe, he's a rookie. I think sure. you know he's got to figure stuff out. Sure. Villanueva, you are six ten, six eleven. Yeah, grab some boards, yeah. man. Use your hands, buddy. Absolutely. You're tall. Get up there. Absolutely. I, I, I like what Villanueva's been doing offensively yes. this year. been fantastic. I mean, you know, he, he is a streaky guy. He has his bad games. But he's, you know, like the fourth leading scorer on this team right now off the bench. Yeah. And he comes in. Provides that spark. There's just no defense and no rebounding from the guy, and that's and that's exactly. It. And I guess yeah, that's what you that's what you sacrifice. I mean, I think we all knew this when we got him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's it's going to be a problem for the Pistons the rest of the season unless they make some sort of move and bring in somebody. It will be, and it's going to be tough with this team not being sold. Uh, I feel Joe Dumars is handcuffed. Yeah. I don't think he can do much of anything. Uh, you know, he, I think if he could, you you, you want to move Rip. Yeah. But Rip's got, you know, including this season, he's got three years on his deal, 12.5, yeah. $12.6 dollars. It's a brutal contract to yeah, pick up. Absolutely. But, you know, on the other hand, he is a guy who probably could come off the bench for a contender or something like that if need be. Oh, he would be fantastic in that role. Yeah, absolutely. He just would need to be able to accept that role, which it seems like he is here. He, um, he does. I mean, he he's not super happy right now. I wouldn't say that, but he played, you know, he, he put up 35 points against Toronto yeah. after coming off the bench after, sure. you know, that, you know, a story was leaked to the free press or whatever saying that, you know, he didn't want to be here and all this crap. And he's like, I never said that, you know, yeah. it's like, what do you? He's like I'm. I want to. You know, I want to retire a piston. Do I believe that? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, eh. The 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 truth definitely somewhere in between. Yeah, it's it's yeah. in the middle. I think you know if all things worked out perfectly, he'd like to retire a piston. Sure. But at the same time, he's, I got a I got a strong feeling he's not. Yeah. If yeah, if he can move to Boston or something like that. Yeah. You know, just he, I mean, he'd probably do it. Yeah. Just go to a better team. I mean, basically, ever since the Pistons dog Chauncey Billups and set him out of town, I don't think Rip's been happy in Detroit. No, I, I think you're right. Those two played together so well. Yeah. Fed off each other. Yeah. And, and I mean. 
Bilps was the guy who calmed Hamilton down. Yeah, he absolutely. kept his emotions in check. Hamilton's been ejected three times this season. Mm-hmm. Three yeah. times for the captain. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a good, not a good thing. But you know, it's like we're talking about with the, with Riola. Yeah, he's always been that sort of a guy. He's an emotional, fiery guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's going to happen from time to time. Yeah. They, this team needs that rock that they can, you know, sort of hold on to yeah. and weather the storm. And they don't have that guy anymore. Really. No, they don't. You know, I mean, it's nice to have. You know, Ben Wallace probably does that. I think defensively motivating people. Yeah. But when you got a guy who's averaging three or four points a game doing that, it's not the same as when it's you know one of your top scorers. <laughs> No, exactly. Top leaders of the, uh, on the team. Um, yeah, and to quickly mention, I mean, yeah, the, the Pistons on Saturday showed up great against, uh, you know, the Raptors beat them by 22. Yeah. And they had a great overtime win on Thursday against New Orleans Hornets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 111 to 108, another hard-fought that was game. a fantastic game. They can put together good performances. They can. And I think they're starting to kind of figure out a rotation. I think Houston's finally started to yeah. figure out a set of guys. This is a really hodgepodge, mismatched team. So it I really is. I understand that it's taking a while. I mean, right now they're three games out of the eighth playoff spot. Yeah. We're 30 games into the season. Yeah, 52 left. Right. The Pistons, as woe as me as they've been you know, playing, they have a chance of making the playoffs still. Absolutely. Okay? They do. Now, we're going to talk more about this next week and the weeks to come. But we do have a, I have to give you guys an update here with the Red Wings. Uh, unfortunately, Danny Cleary uh, will not be... Uh, playing for the next month, the guy fractured his ankle in Sunday's win over Minnesota, four to one, and uh, unfortunately, it was Brad Stewart's shot, his teammate, that yeah. hit his left ankle. It, it happens. It's he's top goal scorer on the team right now. Yep. Sixteen goals, yeah. ten assists. He's been playing. He's been playing out of his mind, yeah. and it's gonna be. It's really gonna hurt. I mean, you Especially, got Zook out. Yeah, he was the leading, you know, leading the team in points when he went down. Yeah, exactly. Zuki's out. Um, it's not gonna be easy. Mike Madonna obviously out as well. Right. They don't expect that suit that. That soup to come back until February. They say he's gonna be out all of January, and McDonald's not supposed to come back till March. Yeah, with that severed tendon. What Absolutely. a horrible injury uh, to have happen. But the Wings, you know, they just need to keep playing well. I mean, yeah. they haven't been playing too great recently. I don't know. I feel them being very schizophrenic right now. I, it's going to be a tough month here, getting through January. Uh, they play a lot. They got a tough West Coast road trip coming up. Yep. Right now they're still tough in the Western Conference, but only by a point. And I really do expect that they're not going to be the top in the Western Conference on January thirty first. No, they probably won't be. Vancouver, you know, they're second right now in the West. You got Dallas at three, uh, and basically, like we talked earlier, forty eight points for Detroit, forty one points for the eighth seed in the West, yeah. seven points. Separate, yeah, one through eight. Absolutely. The West is so close, so knotted up. It's always a battle to get through it. It is, but I, I, you know, hopefully they got a tough schedule coming up here. Just you know, get through it. Be in a good position at least. Be you know in the fourth spot or something like that. Yep. At, you know after after the once you get your guys back and then make your playoff push, which I think this team can easily do. I, I do too. I mean, I just it is. It, I mean, in a sense, I mean, you never want injuries, but it's better to get them early than late. Sure. Yeah. We've suffered. That's what hurt us last year. Yeah. All of our guys were battered and bruised come playoff time. Yeah. And they just, we couldn't get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They These can, guys will be able to get back in, you know, get back into the swing of things, not just be healthy, but have played, you know. And, exactly. And you know what? I think something like this, it gives guys that have had lesser roles a chance to yeah. step up, get more ice time. I mean, play better hockey. I'm going to call this guy out again, Yuri Hoodler. I know. I've mentioned this name before. He's got one goal. 
five assists this season. It's crap. This is his time where he's got to step yeah. it up because if he can fill in and you know give you know play at that thirty goal pace that he's expected to do, yeah, then we don't miss Cleary so much. We don't miss Dasu so much. Exactly. But he does need to step up. All right. But with three minutes left, uh, we aren't going to do any uh, facts today. But I figure since we're almost upon a new year. Yep. Me and Johnny are going to discuss our favorite moments in sports that happened this over this whole last year. So, Johnny, why don't you give the listeners a couple of your favorites? Well, definitely the top one, the uh, fake field goal against Notre Dame. Oh, what a beauty. In overtime, you know, gutsy call. And that really, I think, started lit the fire that led to this great season that we've had all year. I definitely agree. I think that play is what, yeah. I mean, we lose that game, whole different season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that's my top one. Okay. Um, You know, I was... Last year's Super Bowl, oh, fantastic, great fantastic Super Bowl game, so fun to watch. Yep. You know, taking it way back to January or February of last year. But, yeah, I mean, but, we're taking it back, but hey, it happened last year. Yeah, I mean, hey, it happened this year, and uh, yeah, it was a great game. I mean, Tracy Porter's interception there with you know, I mean, yeah. Colts are going down the field. You're thinking, oh, they're going to come back and tie it up, or yeah. no? It, that was a heck of a game, and honestly, Super Bowls a lot of the times, in my opinion, have a way to disappoint. Yeah, they they tend to they tend to be sort of lackluster but sometimes. This was a great Super Bowl. Uh, my uh, my favorite sports moment are just I, I guess like event I, I don't know how you want to put it uh, the the near perfect game yeah Galarraga Jim Joyce this is my people think well how's that your favorite That's, this is my favorite because it showed the sportsmanship of baseball of yeah, the sport absolutely all those guys handled that situation with. The utmost class that yeah. you could imagine. Exactly. I mean, you got Jim Joyce saying, you know, quote, I just cost that kid a perfect game. Yeah. And then, you know what? You know, basically, you know, uh, the reporter was saying, well, nobody's perfect. Yeah. You know, they, they, it's, and it's true. Yeah. They, everyone handled themselves with such class, and I, that that was my favorite. You know, it stunk. We all, we listen, the rest of my life, I'll consider that a perfect we game. We all know what it really In the was. stat books, it won't be, yeah. but we all know it was, and we'll never forget that game. Absolutely. And we'll never forget the way they handled yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It will be one of the most memorable games for anybody. You don't have to be a Tigers fan or anything. Everybody's going to remember that yeah. one. People will forget about Roy Halladay's perfect game, because there's been a lot more. Exactly. But that one will always stand out. Yeah. That that one you do not you won't forget. That was that's what got the whole big deal up about replaying baseball. Yeah, that's what really sparked it even more. Uh, really, the fast one of my my second one, my favorite one, without a doubt, Canada U.S. Olympic yeah. hockey went to overtime. Unfortunately, Sid the idiot, the kid, yeah. <laughs> scored that goal. But what a game! That was yeah. That whole hockey, the Olympics were fantastic. It just, was just so much fun to watch. The first one we beat Canada. That was a great game. That was great. So much oh fun. yeah. I mean, listen, you had the World Cup for soccer. Landon uh, Donovan's Landon, goal. Landon Donovan's goal. It was just all good stuff. But we are actually out of time. So listen, I hope all of our listeners, everyone has a safe and fun New Year's. Uh, please. Uh, you know, stay safe. Don't drive drunk. Be responsible. Be responsible out there. And uh, let's bring 2011 in with a bang. Absolutely. Let's have a good year. And we will definitely be back here on the Spartan Sports Wrap next Monday. For all of our listeners, my name's Dave Rinku. And I'm Johnny. You guys have a great night. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.